Hello, my name is Haley Ewing, and you are listening to my first episode of Ed Talk. It stands for Education Talk, and that's what I'll do. I'm sitting here with a remarkable lady that works in higher education, and I was just going to talk a little bit with her about what we envision the 21st century graduate to look like. And I am very pleased and honored to welcome Laura Burke to my podcast. Welcome. Hi, Laura. Hello. I was hoping that you could enlighten the listeners as to what you do in the world of education. So I work for the Western Interstate Commission for Higher Education, otherwise known as WICHE. And this is a uh, state agency. It's one of one of four compacts, regional compacts, and those compacts were created um, by Congress, actually, to make sure that the region that they cover um, are doing the very best to um, for the citizens of that particular region. So Wichi is the western region, which um, includes the CNMI in Guam. So it's 15 western states plus the CNMI in Guam, and we just work to make sure that the education that the citizens receive Mm -hmm. is both affordable and also high quality. Well, that sounds like a deal. Yeah, it's important. (laughs) That sounds very important, especially for um, low-income students and states and Absolutely. And we have a reciprocity agreement. A lot of um, students have taken advantage of the Western Undergraduate Exchange, which is also known as the WUI. Mm -hmm. And that's a reciprocity agreement between the states so that if a student in Colorado wants to go out of state to school in Utah, they wouldn't pay that full out, if accepted, they wouldn't pay that full out of state tuition. They oh. would pay 150% of in state tuition. So there's a huge savings there. And we have a couple other uh, um, uh, savings plans like that that help the student get that quality education that they may not be able to get in their own home state. So it's almost like they almost get in state tuition. That's right. Even though they're out of state students. It's basically students. 50% more of that in state plan. That's so cool. That is very noble. I admire that greatly about what you do. Yeah, and I'll also just say, though, all the state schools are awesome in the West. So if a student stays in state, that's that's just – that's awesome, too. So they're getting that great education as well. But if they're seeking something outside of the state, this reciprocity agreement allows them to do that at a reduced rate. Got it. And with that, I've talked to a lot of parents and students through that process. And it's an interesting conversation that I can have at times. So has your job been affected by the pandemic? Uh, I would say so. I mean, we work with the institutions and the university systems. So we're doing a lot of collaboration and sharing and figuring out the best way to make sure that students are still getting a quality education in a remote learning environment. And um, so many aspects, um, ways to do it have been considered. And it's, um, we oftentimes talk about it paving the road while driving on it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's challenging. And those chief academic officers, um, 
and state higher education officers really want to do the very best for those students to make sure that they don't lose that opportunity to get that education, also keep them in school. Oh yeah, there's so many retention are, is yeah, big. So many are just wanting to take a break and their fear is, is that they won't come back. That's a very real fear for sure. How So you talk directly with a lot of parents and students yes. applying for higher education. So recent graduates, you deal so much with the, the younger generation, the up and coming. Yeah. What is it like working? What are their concerns? Tell me more well, on that. I think that a lot of them, um, so with the Western Undergraduate Exchange, um, which is for that baccalaureate degree um, into a, uh, a four-year school, um, they, they're calling in because they just don't know the process. And so they're asking for help. Um, I talk to probably more parents than I do students. Well, that makes sense. It does make sense, but ultimately for the students, so you kind of talked about that 21st century, mm -hmm. what, what are, what's the preparation process yeah. K through 12 for that 21st century student. And that's to make sure that those students feel confident enough to make those calls and not their parents. So um, communication's huge. Yeah, at least from what you're seeing. I, yeah, and I don't think, don't want to hear from parents. I, I do want to. Yeah, like we we want to hear from parents in that we know that ultimately they can guide their student. Sure. Um, okay. But I think the the big thing is is that the student doesn't feel prepared or confident enough to call and ask those questions, and so a lot of times when I'm talking to parents, I'm coaching them to give empower their student to foster that independence to go ahead and make some of those calls and because we have so many institutions that participate in this reciprocity plan a lot of times what i tell them to do is have them call some school that they have absolutely no interest in but just practice <laughs> okay calling and asking those questions that's not a bad idea things Laura. like setting up um, a voicemail that is very professional Oh yeah, and... not those prank voicemails <laughs> that always get me. Um, so their greeting sounds very professional and also um, just have that confidence to talk with that admissions office about what they, the questions that they have. And I've found the more that they feel comfortable doing that. Um, the more success they see. Yeah, and also just a, um, a lot more um, confidence that they gain um, mm -hmm. through the whole process. And it's not just their parents um, doing the work for them because the admissions office offices really want to talk mm -hmm. to the prospective student. They don't want to talk to the prospective parent. And, and right. we know that through a lot of the orientations after a student is accepted and they go to orientation. And so much of, of that is um, the student's experience and not necessarily the parent when they um, kind of separate the two during the orientation and make oh, yeah. sure that the parents are getting their questions answered, but also that the student really understands what it means to start that um, academic school year, their very first academic school year. That is very cool. So just to reiterate what you're saying, um, a really, really big quality that higher education institutions are looking for is ability to communicate for themselves. Absolutely, because once that student leaves home, they, are, they should be on their own. 
Um, and a lot, I know a lot of parents are still trying to stay engaged and yeah. still try to coach them through. And some just really struggle with that. And I still need my parents for help. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, but you're a lot more independent than you probably realize, Haley. Oh, um, thank you. So, so that I think, I think preparing that 21st century student to graduate and go beyond, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not going to a four-year school. Maybe mm-hmm. it's getting that associate's degree. I mean. If you're qualified to do what you want, you're qualified. Right. It doesn't matter the level. And not every student is meant for a four-year degree. No. Um, you know, the, not every occupation needs one. That's right. There's apprenticeships. There's trade schools. Do something. Get that. Get that. Get that diploma. Get that high school diploma. Oh yeah. Um, but it. It. I don't know that K through twelve really prepares a student for life past graduation day and knowing what they want. I think a lot of sure. students go just do what they, you know, it's, it's, you know, little it's easy to be in the crowd to be herded around with the rest. And, and I don't think that it's bad to set the expectation that once you graduate from high school, you go on and get your four year degree. I think that, that it, that um, a parent's a great role that a parent plays is reminding, um, their child that after high school that they need to have a plan and Mm -hmm. I think that school I think that elementary school middle school and high school has Mm -hmm. a way of preparing more than just um, go to work with mom day or go to work with dad day I think that they really need to talk more about career readiness what what are you going what can you be thinking about doing with your life yeah. And I think that there's more that can be done there um, so that they are prepared for ultimately to be on their own. That's that's what what the schools need to be doing K through 12. I and agree. Then, and then post-secondary needs to kind of follow through and, and help that student. But at that point, the student needs to be helping themselves. Oh, as a graduate of high school in the year of 2016, um, I can speak to the fact that I have extreme anxiety talking on the phone and that's just like a normal life skill that you need to have Mm -hmm. and I found myself like having panic attacks in the bathrooms at school getting ready to call admissions offices (laughs) and because I I had to make some calls on my own and it was scary and I that is a really interesting thought. I don't know how and to can, start better preparing students. How, Where does that start? Yeah, and how simple can that be? Is it as simple as just role playing? You know, maybe like, the Zoom culture, the online. Yeah, I absolutely, and that's the interesting thing we'll about fix it about the pandemic is it does it when you think about the students that are first graders, mm-hmm. kindergartners, fourth graders, yeah, on Zoom calls. And how that's preparing them. It's it's really is it preparing is. I can't them imagine if I had that kind of background right now. That would be helpful. Right. That's taking away some anxiety already. Yeah. Um, I remember, here's an example. So um, we have a, a commission that um, oversees the work that we do at Witchy. And it's a 48-member board. And I remember... Um, 
uh, and I assist the president, and I remember that we discussed how we were going to do our conference calls. We always did them very, very traditional on a conference line, no face-to-face. You didn't see, you know, people interrupting each other and that kind of thing. And we decided- No mute button drama. Right. And we decided that we were going to start doing Zoom calls so that they could, because we wanted to have more of a personal interaction with them. Yeah. And we did um, our first one in February to see how that would go. Oh my goodness. And then we did the second one in March, just after things really started to get crazy. I was going to say, that's pretty, like- a month before right. it started getting crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, March was really when it started getting crazy. But the fact that we that it seemed so foreign to go in that direction for adults these mm-hmm. are these are chancellors and presidents of institutions and presidents and commissioners of university systems across the West that didn't really know how to do a Zoom call, and now you have kindergartners doing that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's gotta be crazy. That's impressive. kind of exciting when you think about that, right? It is. And how can like, so what obstacles will that kindergartner that understands Zoom at their young age, what obstacles will they be facing then? If I mean, I feel like they can just take on the world right now. Yeah, it's kind of, you kind of feel that way. Seriously. And it goes all the way on up. But it's interesting to think that a first grader probably feels as comfortable as a sophomore or junior in high school they started at the same time they at really the same did. level and so think about that i'd like to i challenge you Haley, oh, okay 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 <laughs> as a future educator what is your classroom you you think about that you've got these you've got kindergartners first graders second graders third graders right now mm-hmm. that are have been fully immersed into um, a Zoom culture, oh my goodness. online learning, uh-huh. remote learning, then you're going to be pulling them back in the classroom. How do you not lose? Let me ask that question back That's, to you. Okay, my goodness. How, how do you not yeah. lose that momentum? Because it's momentum. I think mm-hmm. so many look at remote learning as, as a as a detriment to the student, but there is a silver uh, lining. Yeah. There. It keeps the ball rolling. It and, keeps the and, schedule. And we realize that not every student K through 12 is, is able to jump on a zoom call. And, no. and that's to be, um, that is what's so frustrating is that it is not, it's not universal. It's not accessible yeah. to everybody, which as it should. And that's been a challenge and it's an unforeseen challenge because the pandemic was unforeseen. Um, but once you get back into a classroom and you're face to face and you're looking at that, you know, that 21st century student, Mm -hmm. um, how do you continue that confidence level? I'm trying to think about how that might look like. I can't, I imagine almost the reverse happening to this new generation. They're going to be great at phone calls, (laughs) but not know how to be face to face with one another exactly will they be kind of shy i don't know and how interesting thought laura yeah how do we reverse that how do we make it comfortable both with the filter of the computer screen and having those kind of conversations and then back into the classroom this is what philosophers could (laughs) rack their brains about for hours i'm sure so that is something so you've got a gain yeah but you want to keep that gain and then like not make it a loss. I really foresee that happening. There will be a complete paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With how 
interactions are made mm-hmm. academically. Yeah, there may be um, some social um, uh, activities that have ice, like the old fashioned oh icebreaker comes back, right? <laughs> oh yeah, playing heads up, seven up. Yeah, just I, I think even things like physical touch obviously will be changed forever and where does that fit in education anymore it's Mm -hmm. and like does it fit in education yes I think it does I mean because ultimately what it has to p16 so preschool through um, a baccalaureate degree the, the purpose is is that student can go out and make an income hopefully in a field that they enjoy yeah. Um, that is fulfilling. That is, you know, enriches their life and yeah. hopefully they can enrich others. Um, and that's, that's really where it, it all starts, you know, K5, K6, right. and, you know, up through where they're prepared to head on to, to college and, and be people in society. Yeah. And, and learn not, not, because they're told to go into this class and take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go into this class because they want, they want to know more. They want the passion for learning and not just to get, because this is what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Because it's what they were told mm-hmm. it's expected of them. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I feel like we hit a lot of cool topics, a lot of cool things to think about. Um, I hope that you new listeners at home have enjoyed this conversation with Laura Burke as much as I have. Thank you so much for being on my show. No, it was a pleasure, Haley. And I uh, look forward to see, see, keep in touch. I'd like to know what your future classroom is going to look like. I think there's, I think there's a lot to think about. And I think you're going through the program that you're in at a very interesting time where you are going to be really prepared for a lot of things because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's interesting that our conversation went this way. I don't know that we were, I wasn't intending for it to, but I'm happy that it did. Yeah. I had other questions, but I am happy with the questions that came up. And yeah, I think that, um, you have, um, a great series maybe to expand on. Oh yes. Thank you for listening to Ed talk, everybody Ed talk. Tell your friends, tell your family. Haley Ewing is talking about education. You want to be here for it. Well, thank you, everybody. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a good one.